nobody wants to deal with a difficult person. But some people, we have these complications. But in any aspect, I feel like you cannot idolize celebrities and not care about the people around you. Peace and light, y'all. You are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things regarding self-development and bettering your spirit, but from the homie perspective. Somebody who's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl podcast. Now, before we get started, you know, I can't start any type of episode without thanking you all for listening out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land you choose to lend me your ears for about an hour or so once a week and I really appreciate that so moving right along um there has been a lot of discussion in um society about mental health awareness given the suicides of Anthony Bourdain as well as Kate Spade the conversation has now been amplified, and there's a lot um, of um, a lot of opinions, a lot of facts being thrown out there, a lot of speculation, a lot of advice. And I thought that it would be appropriate, given that everyone is um, trying to find ways to be safe spaces or trying to advise people on safe spaces, I felt it'd be appropriate to bring back a Mental Matters episode that I did with my girl Shania Hansford of Miss Hansford Studio. And I did something extra this time around. I know sometimes, um, well, for me, when I initially started the podcast, I wanted to do a series on mental health. So I did start the Mental Matter series. Shout out to Dion Katrina, as well as Ty, as well as Dr. Giselle Cunningham, who actually shared their stories with me regarding mental health and were opening up about their diagnoses and how they deal and what people should know when it comes to understanding or loving someone with a diagnosis and how to better educate and be aware of um, what they go through. And with Shania's story, it was a bit different than the others because this was the only story that I had in the Mental Matters series where there was suicide involved. Um, in terms of being mentioned with respect to her diagnosis. And I felt that, you know, with everyone attempting to speculate what people go through before they pass away or, um, you know, due to suicide, I felt that maybe if we heard Shanae's story, maybe we could better understand what people go through instead of speculating. I know sometimes people just want to know why, but, um, there's so many people that go through this every day that don't have anybody to love them in the public eye, such as a Kate Spade or Anthony Bourdain or have so much worldwide admiration and people perish every day by suicide. And I think that it's something that needs to be discussed. And I'm really glad that Shania told her story to me. But the, the thing about it that makes it different than just an average rerun is that we actually have Shania checking in current day with respect to her diagnosis, how she's feeling, what she's learning on the journey, um, as well as any updates on her her diagnosis and how she feels about the the deaths of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, um, as well as Stephanie, the Playboy, uh, play, well, former Playboy playmate who had a concept and a brand called Goddessy, um, who was a figure in the spiritual metaphysical world who unfortunately um, – passed away her and her son due to suicide so 
I wanted to pick Shanae's brain um, about how she felt about that and how she feels about, well, I saw a meme. I wanted to pick her brain on this, but a meme was saying, hey, you know, y'all can talk about people having suicide. Y'all can pin these open letters to people about how much they impacted your life of people you don't know, but yet your cousin or your family member has a mental diagnosis and you don't even fool with them because they're annoying or because they too much drama. So I thought it was interesting and I definitely want to talk to Shanae about that. So we go through we, we go through it this episode. So it's I would say it's more so informative than anything else. Um here we have a black, you know, business owner, entrepreneur, celebrity esthetician. And there were days where she didn't want to get out of bed and there were days that she didn't want to even continue the day, let alone start another one. So I was really Again, really honored that she shared her story, and I'm really glad that we got an update. So make sure you listen to the very end so you can get that update. But I don't want to hold you guys from listening to one hell of a story. Um, so with that being said, enjoy. Peace and light, y'all. I'm speaking with Shania Hansford. She is the owner of Miss Hansford Studio. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I am good. Thank you for asking. I know you own Miss Hansford Studio, but can you? T- I know what you do, but can you tell the listeners what exactly Miss Hansford Studio is? Well, basically, I do. Uh, I'm a, uh, an esthetician, which means I'm licensed in skincare in New Jersey. I specialize in eyelash extensions, which I got certified while I was in beauty school. During doing the eyelash extensions, I accumulated a clientele. And I ended up moving my, I was working from home. First I was working mobile, then I was working from home. Then I started renting like a little office at a friend's building. And from there, now I own like a two room, you know, studio. So with bigger space, now I have a couple of girls who work underneath do different services like eyebrows and microblading and and braids and stuff like that. So Miss Hansford Studio is basically my where I have a variety of beauty services, but I only do eyelash extensions. Now, I know, you know, Miss Hansford Studio is like no joke, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's respected. Um, I know you have some some very well-known clients in the entertainment industry and in, in the beauty industry as well. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. It's been an absolute blessing. When people ask me about it, like, I literally have no answer for them because I just Awesome. I got to give you your props, girl. Like, man, like you out here doing it. I love to see women doing it for themselves and and being an entrepreneur. It takes a lot. So with that type of journey, how do you balance that as well as the mental illnesses that you have? Oh, homegirl. (laughs) I've been doing this for uh, five years now and it has been a struggle every single 
day. Um, when I first started, when I tell you I wouldn't show up to appointments, I would cancel 10 minutes before. I would, I mean, I just, I, I had no regard because it was like, I don't feel good today. I'm staying in bed. I'm not getting out of bed for a week. And that's that. So I, I wasn't concerned with how I was going to pay my bills. I just, when I tell you to this day, I'm still feeling like I'm kind of trying to make up for those old days because I overdo it because I feel like I've messed up so much. I've been given this gift and I don't feel like I'm strong enough to have it because of my mental illnesses, the things that I have to go through. And I feel like it's 10 times harder because days where I feel like I cannot, absolutely cannot move out of bed, I still have to go to work and face people and smile at them and, and make them feel pretty. And when I tell you it takes so much out of me, I, I quit every week in my head. I swear, every week I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I have been fighting the entrepreneurial word for years. When people call me that, I get so angry because I'm like, no, I never asked for that. I never chose that. It's too much for me. I don't want the responsibility. And I'm now starting set my foot into it and trying to accept it and accept it with grace and understand that I am strong enough for it. I just have to get myself together. I love your mindset on that. I really love how you flip that where you're like denying like, no, no, no. And then you're like, you know what? Let me just step into this. I'm slowly going to accept. No, for real. Like that's, that's respect. Like seriously, because it's really easy to kind of and I'll speak from personal experience. It's easy to shun stuff that we know that we might be built for. And it's just right there. And it's like, nah, nah, I don't want that. That's too much pressure. I don't want to do that. Honestly, with the podcast, I, it was like that. They were like, oh, you should do this. And I'm like, ooh, that's too much. I don't want to do all that. I don't want to be out in the scene. I don't want to be known like that. I don't want everybody in my business. And sh- I, I didn't want to do anything like that. And then once I did it, it was kind of like, uh. I mean, I launched during retrograde. That was the worst time to launch. And I was like, shit, I don't know. But now it's kind of like, you know what? No, for real. I was, I mean, I had some tech difficulties. I was like, oh, this is not the right time. But I feel you because it's like the more kind of like, you know what? I can do this. Kind of like, well, shit, screw it. Let's just see. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. So, I mean, I feel you. I definitely feel you with just slowly stepping into it and just kind of owning it and, and taking it with grace. Like, I, I, just, I really feel like it was God because there was times where, like I said, I wouldn't show up. I've lost so many. I have lost so many clients and I would just sit and I would cry and I would just be like why and then five minutes later I got a booking and a deposit coming through and I'm just like God like I would literally just sit there and have it out with God like why are you doing this like like what is going on like you just see me screw all that up and you just sent me a whole new client like what (laughs) I'm telling you and I just had to accept it well, I personally think, Shanae, it's because you got a good heart. I know you mean well. You know what I'm saying? And I think that energy that you put out, yeah, you screwed up some clients in the past. You know, we all fuck up. I get that. But I think with you coming to the realization that you know that this is a gift that you've been given, I think that that energy comes out and brings more good stuff to you. Like these, you know, consistent, loyal clients that you're getting and to be able to grow and, and have girls work under you and, you know, build your own you know what I'm saying, your own empire. I think that's dope. Thank you. Thank you. 
Please define mental illness from your point of view. Well, the term mental illness was introduced to me probably about middle school, and I probably have not gotten a clear understanding of it until now at 28 years old. Um, To me now, I'm very iffy about the term mental illness because I feel as though you can be mentally ill. There can be, you know, imbalances that make you react or perceive things a certain way or, you know, make you who you are as a person. Um, But I don't think that people, I think people look at the term mental illness in the wrong way. I don't see anything wrong with the term, but I feel like society sees it in, in a bad way. Now, with respect to mental illness, what are you currently dealing with? I've had quite a few uh, diagnoses. The most that it's pretty common is severe depression and anxiety. I've been diagnosed uh, bipolar, which I never agreed with. And um, I believe that my biggest issue is uh, severe depression and uh, anxiety. Now, with the depression, the anxiety, and the bipolar disorder, were you clinically diagnosed or self-diagnosed with these? Clinically. Okay, all three? You saying you don't agree with the bipolar disorder diagnosis, right? I don't agree only because I'm very particular. Because I've been in and out of doctors so much, I'm very judgmental of doctors. And I feel like if you sit with me for no more than 20 minutes, how can you diagnose me with anything? Hmm. So, I mean, I may be bipolar, but the doctors that I have sat with over months of time they've all come up with severe depression, anxiety, but, you know, psychiatrists who just give out medication, they come out with bipolar and things that I don't agree with because you haven't even taken the time to know my story or why I am the way I am. I can understand that. Okay, now what were you experiencing that led to these diagnoses? Describe a day when you're dealing with either bipolar disorder, or I know you said you don't agree with it, but um, whenever you're dealing with one of these issues, what's what's going on in that day? Like, how do you feel? I've been in it for so long that it's normal. Like, it, it, to be happy to me is like, I feel like I'm an imposter in my body. It's, it's very weird. Um, so being depressed and being anxious is my default. So when people ask me certain questions, you know, like how do you feel, it's really hard. Like recently I had to fill out a, a psychiatric directive in case, you know, I end up in the hospital and I don't have to stay over what I want to do. And all these questions I couldn't answer because I'm like, I, this, is, this is all me. Like this is just normally me. I'm pessimistic. I'm 
cynical, you know, I, I don't want people close to me, but during times when I'm really bad, um, I'll say that I close myself off, but then again, that's something I do on a regular basis, so I'm just, I'm really deep in this, so it's really hard for me to differentiate, which is normal and what, you know, is unhealthy. When you say you feel happy and you feel like an imposter in your own body, what does that feel like? It's like, okay, let's say that you have somebody attached to you and you're having a good day and you're happy, but that person that's attached to you all day is telling you, this is not real, you're faking, you're not really happy, that laugh was fake, you're not really, like, it's just a taunting and it doesn't go away no matter how you try to ignore it, you're like, you know what, I am happy. That did make me smile. That did make me laugh. But in your head, it's like, yeah, right. You're not really laughing. That's not real. It, 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 it makes you feel absolutely crazy. That's a very interesting perspective because um, when we had Dion Katrina on for Mental Matters, she was saying it was more like a, you know, if if a friend couldn't make it out or something of that nature, it would turn into, oh, well, maybe nobody wants to hang out with you. Maybe you're not worthy of being hung out with. I, I feel that way, too, with the whole friend thing. I don't ask, I'm at a point in my life where I don't ask anybody to do anything because I can't handle them saying they can't come because my mind will go to a million different places. So I'm way past that. I don't ask anybody to do anything. I don't expect anybody to do anything with me because... I know how far I can go. As far as now, now it's just me and myself. So now I'm at war with me because there's nobody really else around me. I see. Now, with you saying, because I initially want to ask, was it something that you can feel coming on? But is it still the case that that is the norm for you? If you wake up that way? Um, I can feel it coming on if it's harder for me to do normal things. Like, I, sometimes I get to the point where I don't want to shower. I don't want to, like, I literally will go to sleep and maybe throw on the first thing that I see just to go to work, just to get through that day and come right back home and get in my bed. Like, that's how I know that I'm in a place where it's like, okay, you're, you're down. Like, if I know if I can get up, even if I'm feeling down and I know I can get up my shower, still do everything normally. I may be down, but I'm all right. But if it's to the point where I'm literally in zombie mode, I know I'm not doing good. Are there any ways for you to prevent or have it subside? I can't say that I've reached a, a good point with that yet. Um, I used to not be able to talk to anyone now. Uh, I talk to my grandmother a lot more now, so talking to her helps sometimes. Um, I read a lot of self-help books. I'm constantly, you know, reading things, self-development, all that kind of stuff. So I get temporary relief, but it doesn't last long. Um, but I'm relentless, especially for the past couple of years, I've been relentless and really trying to change. So with that, you know, I've tried medication, uh, last year. I didn't like the medication, although every once a day, saw an improvement in 
in my mood. I was on Prozac, and I, I personally didn't like it. I didn't like the withdrawal when I stopped taking it. I didn't like it at all. So I actually start therapy again tomorrow. So hopefully, I'm hoping that I can just do therapy without medication. Again, and I hate to reference somebody else when I'm talking about your story, but Dion was saying that she wanted to feel in control of her emotions on all fronts. Is is that how you feel with respect to that? Yes. Okay. Because you do feel completely, you feel out of control. Like, and then it makes me try to control things that I can't control because I guess I feel like I have no control over my life. So then I end up freaking out and being basically unbearable because I'm trying to control a whole bunch of stuff that I really have no control over because I feel so out of control inside. I see. I'm really glad that you gave me your um, opinion about medication because I've always wondered about, you know, something that's supposed to do one thing, but then there's a whole nother polarity of the medication that kind of does something that might be counterproductive. Like, how, how is that supposed to work? <laughs> I'll say I have a negative view on medication. Um, although my family believes that I need it because they have seen improvements with me on it. But I feel like it kills you. Like there, like you said, there are side effects that they don't tell you about. There are certain things that they don't tell you that you have to be on it for a certain amount of time. And then once you're on it for a certain amount of time, now your body needs it. Now you're going to go with, with, through withdrawal when you decide to stop taking it. And who wants that? I mean, my first time being on medication, I think it was a freshman in high school. And I literally felt like a zombie. I didn't speak nothing and from that point on I knew I never really wanted to be on medication but I would try it to make my family happy how did your family deal with you growing up and going through these changes and realizing that you had um, these particular issues going on let me tell you I was not easy on them (laughs) I was not easy on them when I was about 11 years old um my mom was into drugs she sold drugs all that good stuff and um she ended up getting caught and she was supposed to go to jail but she's an immigrant so she ran so with that i was left to my brother and sister and i were left to go to our fathers we had separate fathers now my father i had i was blessed with an amazing father and he took me my brother and their father didn't take them and you know we went our separate ways um my family believes that that's where all my problems stem from from the childhood that I had the separation from my mother at a young age you know the changing of my life at such a you know pivotal age in my life and um for many years of my young like early teens I didn't talk I literally just did not speak they wouldn't they would ask was wrong with me I wouldn't talk to anybody and I would just act out in like stupid ways like right on the desk at school and just different things like that so then they would start to try to seek me help I wouldn't talk to any therapist they would put me in a therapist's office and I would sit there for an hour and not say one word and that was basically how I spent most of my teens so with that there wasn't much they could do you know what I mean like they didn't understand what was happening with me I didn't understand happening with me and it was just nothing but friction so 
it wasn't really much that they could do. They're really just starting to understand now at, uh, like I'm 28 now, so probably 26, 27 is when I started to be able to open up and actually talk to them. I see. Now, you said something very interesting. You said your family believed that it was your mother having to basically go on the run to avoid being deported because, I mean, it sounds to me like that was probably, is that what was going to happen? Possibly? She didn't know what was going to happen. She had papers once upon a time, but my mom's side of the family that you're making and they're very, they, they just have very funny ways. So her mother destroyed the papers and I, I'm not very sure what happened, but she wasn't sure what would happen. So she had to either face the court or run, and I guess she figured running would be her best bet. Okay, okay, I see, I see. Now, with your family saying that your mother, or that, that situation with your mother may have been a trigger for you, do you agree with that in hindsight? It's very weird because most of my teen years, I never thought about it. I never, it was kind of something I just, I never thought about. I hated my mother for most of my teen years. I used to say my mom was dead. I used to, I used to say I don't have a mom, but that was about the extent of it. I never thought about anything that happened when I was younger. I never thought about any of it. So I don't know if I suppressed it or or what I did, but to me, it, it was just, it was what it was. I see. Now, I noticed you said, like, in the past few years, you've been able to open up to your family. What was the shift that made you be able to open up? I don't know. I don't know if it was aging, getting older. Once I turned 25, like, my life changed a lot. Like, between 25 and now, I I feel like I'm a completely different person. And I think I, I see my grandmother and my father, they're basically some progress and um you're able to build in and forge a stronger bond i think that's hella important like you know whether it's soul family or blood family you know like those we gotta keep those close right now with your friends y'all know you said you don't really like to ask people but how does your how do your friends respond to um to your diagnosis I really don't keep any. I really don't. I have 
have one friend. I have my best friend. Um, she deals with it well, but we don't talk much because she has, you know, she has a boyfriend and three kids and her own life. So we don't talk very much. But I, beyond that, I don't. I really don't have any friends. <laughs> now, are you are you cool with that, or is it is it a situation where you um, know? to irritants, what can make your mood worse? People who talk a lot. <laughs> People who talk a lot really bother me. Um, I think because I'm very quiet and observant. So when I get around people and there's just someone who just who's just in everything and always has something to say. Like I I, I literally cannot be in in the same room with them for too long. Like my skin starts to crawl. Like, I can't, I can't do it. That's probably one of my biggest things is, is people who just talk to hear themselves talk. Yeah, I can definitely feel you on that. <laughs> no, seriously. It's like, always. Okay, damn. But, um, <laughs> so when that happens, what are some things that you do to try to avoid, you know, getting aggravated to where, you know, you might have to say something or, or to avoid conflict? Girl, I, last year I was in a program, I had done an intensive care program because I want, I needed therapy real bad. And they put me in these group therapy sessions. I went to about two of them and I was like, look, I can't do this. I, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. Because I would literally be sitting in the group therapy, and it's all types of people. There's, you know, there's drug addicts, there's different kinds of people, which, you know, everybody has their vices, but Mm -hmm. I was just so, it was to the point where I was almost in tears because I could not make everybody shut up when I wanted them to shut up. Like, it's, I just, and I know that it's my own disability that makes me that way, but it's just being around people is so much for me and I don't know how to combat that and I'm, I'm trying to but it's like even going to the laundromat like I literally have to sit in my car because I can't being around people just it, I have no idea it just drives me absolutely crazy I see now even with that being said as irritated as people are to <laughs> Sometimes people want to help when they know, you know, their loved ones are going through this. But sometimes, well, clearly, they can make things worse. So what are some things that we can do, you know, matter of fact, let me not even say that. What are some things that we do do besides running our mouths that can, you know, make this whole thing counterproductive if they're trying to offer help? get over it and the whole you be alright you know our favorite line you be alright <laughs> like that whole 
say because it's something that I think really bothers me about people because I feel like they don't really understand the depth of anxiety and depression. So I don't feel like they would even understand what to say. So sometimes I'm just like, just don't say anything. Just be there. Just be there and don't make me feel like I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Just don't make me feel like I'm crazy. That's my biggest thing. Even if you don't know what to say, you have nothing productive to say, don't make me feel like I'm going crazy right now. Okay, so what are some things that we could do to be it more of a, a safe space for for our, our loved ones that do go through it? Um just kinda learn what what calms them. Once you're around somebody enough, I feel like you learn certain things. Like I was at a concert with a friend and sometimes I like I like outdoor concerts. Indoor concerts I get a little bit anxiety. So he started to realize that I was getting a little bit anxious even though I was trying my best to hide it. And he was like, you want to just come on? You want to step outside? And it's just something as simple as that. Them taking their time to leave the concert just to step outside because you're realizing that I'm starting to have an anxiety attack. You know what I mean? Just yeah. paying attention to details, showing that you care and you're not just feeling like, oh boy, here she go again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, I'm just going to ask just, um, just me, just personally speaking, I'm still learning how to properly address my loved ones that have um, an issue as well and I'm not really sure I just don't want to offend anybody you know what I mean so how do you feel about questions because I don't like to ask and get all probing in terms of okay so what's going on you know when this happens how do you know I just don't want to make people feel like damn you all in my business asking me how I feel when I go through this like it's already hard enough but questions like do you need anything how can I help you you know please talk to me can you tell me what's going on so I can understand like, I'm just trying to work on ways to better address them. And I know there's probably a lot of people that would love to, again, be a safe space, but they don't know how. And they don't want to come off, you know, annoying, to be honest. I know I don't. I, I, I feel you. Well, I struggle with that sometimes. People come to me and I have no idea what to say. <laughs> and I think that's normal. What I've learned is not try to because I feel like when people come to you nine times out of ten, whatever you're going to tell them, they've already thought of it. They've already heard it. They've, it's just, we don't want to hear solutions sometimes. We just want to hear somebody say, damn, I'm here with you. I feel you. Even if you don't agree, even if you're like, oh, well, you need to do this. You should have been left him or like whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just want somebody just to sit in that dark place with us. You don't got to nothing you ain't got to tell me how to fix this because I probably already know how to fix it I'm just not ready just be here with me just sit with me let me know you here regardless I I think your presence is just so much better than words because I feel like sometimes we just spit out words we don't know what we're saying we're just trying to kind of make things better or whatever the case may be and never say the right thing so it's just like I'm here whatever you need I'm here I'm gonna sit right here I like that. That's some good clarity. That That's like for real. Because sometimes it's like you want to say something. But sometimes you don't have to say anything. And saying something just might make it worse. It's like, damn, you really didn't have to say anything. You could have just, you know, right. chilled. Exactly. Like, I, I learned that my stepmom 
her best friend was on the verge of wanting to commit suicide, and my stepmom just went and laid in the bed with her for two days. They didn't say anything. She just laid in the bed with her for two days. And something like that saved a life. You know what I mean? It's just that simple. Just be here with me. I love that. Your stepmom sound like a writer. Like, that's love. That is so awesome. Right. That is so awesome. Love is so powerful. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Love hearing stuff like that. Yeah. Just being there for each other and uplifting and, you know, and it's done in a way that's not, it's 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 silent, just presence. I love that. that that's stuff. People think that's little, but that's really huge. That's the difference between empathy and sympathy because you can have sympathy anybody like damn I see you going through problems but I ain't got no problems but I see your problems Mm -hmm. empathy is more so I see your problems and I'm sitting here with you with your problems because I'm going to feel them with you I'm not going to bring myself down to the dark place but I'm going to let you know that I'm here in it with you and it's way different than sympathy way way different well I'm glad you told me that story that has made my heart just like so happy just now now, with respect to you again, bringing it back to what you do in terms of, you know, having your studio, there's a new venture that you're working on, though. Is that right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, something that I've been thinking about for over a year now. Um, it's a t-shirt line. Uh, my grandmother used to always say, you know how, like, when you own a house and they call the house to ask you to refinance your house and blah, blah, blah to get you more money? Mm-hmm. My grandmother would always say on the phone, my father's rich. I don't need that. My father's rich. And I never understood what she meant by that. But she was always talking about God. So it's something that just always stuck with me forever. And I just never let it go. And as I got older, it started to make more and more sense to me. So that was the first idea for the teachers I had was to put on the front, my father's rich, with the Bible quote in the back to match that but I ended up putting a different line out um the shirt says my needs are met and then there's a bible verse in the back to back that up um I plan on doing more quotes that are bible based I don't consider them religion based or Christianity based I consider them truth based I feel like the bible is the truth um no matter what religion you you serve I feel like truth is Well, I'm happy that you went ahead and went through with that. And I think a lot of people um, can identify, you know. I mean, especially with the climate that we're in right now, it's, it's, it's some shit going on. But, you know, a lot of our needs are met. Like, you know, and it's just more of just living through love and, and trying to, you know, strengthen ourselves up. Warfare is real out here. It's real, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And I think that kind of reaffirms, you know, the fact that, you know, the shit is real out here. But at the end of the day... We're staying strong. We're strengthening up. We're learning more about ourselves. We're growing. We're loving. And, you know, those needs are met. Yeah, you know. That's what I tell people. I tell them if you listen, like, if you stop for five seconds and think about what you need, you can't think of anything. It's when you start thinking for a long period of time where you're like, oh, yeah, I could use this. But in those five seconds, you have everything that you could possibly need to survive right then and there. 
You're absolutely right. <laughs> like, for real, y'all. Hold on, hold on. Real quick, Shad. Y'all that's listening, take five quick seconds. I'm going to count to five for y'all. Think about what y'all need. We're going to start. One, two, three, four, five. Now, for y'all that's listening, were your basic needs met? Do you have shelter? Are you able to get to your destination? We ain't talking about no car. We talking about being able to use your limbs to go somewhere and get on Metro, get on Uber, take a taxi, walk, what what have you. Like, I mean, we, the fact that we're even able to listen and be able to breathe and experience I, to me, I feel like that's needs all day. So I hella respect you for doing that. When I saw that on the Instagram, I was like, ooh, Shanae, I got one. That's a really good idea. <laughs> for real. I hit them day. It was quick. Like, what is this? I need, I, I, what what they say up north? I want all parts. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Did I use that in the right context? Oh, my God. Please tell me I did. Yes, you did good enough. <laughs> oh, Lord. I done butchered it. Whoever's out in Philly or the tri-state area or... Jersey, New York. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. Oh, my God. I hope I didn't say nothing vulgar. Oh, my goodness. No. Okay, good. Good. Because, you know, yeah, I am. I just want parts. I want parts or I want no parts. Okay. So, we just got a quick little slang on up northness. So, it's I want parts, right? I want parts. I want in on that. Or I want no parts. <laughs> Alright, well let me stick to my goddamn let me stick to my, my shit. Just stay in my <laughs> stay in my region. Okay. But um so when are you launching my needs in that or Matt, excuse me? Um, well I'm working on the website now. I am praying that the website is up within the next three days. Um and the shirts I actually will have small, medium and larges tomorrow that can be purchased via PayPal. Um, which is uh, Miss Hansford Inc. Uh, on PayPal, uh, and the website, like I said, hopefully will be up in three days, and that's also MissHansfordInc.com. So just on questionnaire, this is all one word: M I S S H A N, as in Nancy. S as in Sam. F O R D. I N as in Nancy C at Gmail. Yes. Okay, because you know sometimes the the audio it might be it might be Miss Hamsford and that's not with an M, it's with an N. <laughs> so I just wanted to spell that out so in case anybody wants to buy a shirt, they can definitely do so. So you said you have small, medium, and larger starting tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, and you have you're working on the website now, right? Yes, I am. I have someone working on it. And she's uh, she should be um, done within a few days. Yay! I'm so happy for you. Congratulations, Shania, for real. Well, I'm I'm probably Thank not the first know. to say it, but I man, I'm super juiced for you. I can't wait to see how your journey plays out for you. You a you a tough cookie, bro. Girl, I sent out two today. One to Florida and one to North Carolina. You can tell me nothing, girl. Well, I'm happy. That's what's up. Yes. That is dope. And, I mean, again, the whole my knees are met thing, it's such a cool thing about gratitude. Like, to me, I feel like to acknowledge, y'all, I'm good. I know I have all of this. And to acknowledge it, I think that's a form of gratitude. Like, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm not, you know, hurting for nothing. I'm glad to have these things. So, I, I, really, I really rock with that. 
And I'm just going to say this. Before, I'm, I'm not really with the whole shaming of religion. It's some things for everybody. And I just don't want people who may necessarily get down with organized religion to miss the message. And that's why I'm emphasizing it because even though I have my own views about organized religion, the message is pretty clear cut. It's gratitude. Regardless of what you what you serve or if you serve anything at all or what you what you believe, gratitude is a, a universal theme that applies to everybody. And it applies on a on a you know vibrational level, regardless of what you do. So I just want to clarify, you know, before we, you know, get into that, you know, kind of mindset, look at the message. The message is pretty simple. It's being grateful for what you have and acknowledging that that's what you have. I'm sorry to speak for you. I know it's your brand, girl, but I, I don't want anybody to get me twisted with no, this at all. That is exactly. I just didn't want to limit it to religion only because, like, like you said, I have my own views on organized religion. I believe wholeheartedly in God. I believe Jesus walked this earth, but I have my issues with organized religion. So that's why I call it truth-based, because it is the truth, and the truth is somewhere in there, but we have been fed a bunch of poison and lies as well, and no one can deny that. So for anyone to say, oh, this is right, this is wrong, how do you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, that's, just, that's just me, you know, I, I can only what I feel in my heart and I have no problem doing that and I feel like whoever is going to purchase the shirt is going to purchase the shirt regardless and I, I shouldn't have to compromise how I feel to sell a t-shirt I totally feel you because I'm finna get one views and all so uh, <laughs> I'll be hitting that PayPal uh, payday so I got you. but um <laughs> for real for real though, like, I mean, and that's another thing, like, we are all trying to figure out truth. Truth, to be honest with you, I feel like it's so subjective. If y'all seen my little Insta story, y'all saw me get blocked off somebody's Facebook because their version of truth and my version of truth were two totally different truths. And it was over the pettiest shit ever. It was over this man thinking that I was head over heels in love with him back in school. I told this man that was not the case. He said, cool, glad to talk oh, to you. I- and straight blocked me and I'm like damn this is this man's version of the truth and I clearly disagree with this my truth a little different but again it just goes back to what you believe to be true <laughs> let this man tell it I was jacking I was like uh huh no sir but <laughs> it's all love peace and light it's all good boo but no that's not that's not my version of events but okay so I feel you with the true base I hella feel you on that but I feel it. And I know it's a lot of other people that's going to feel it too. And that's what counts. Yes, and I, I'm, I'm so grateful. I was sitting in the nail salon and this girl was like, I love your shirt. And I was just like, look at God. Hey, that's what's up. I'm telling you, it's on a dope, like, vibrational level. It transcends, like, all, all this other human BS that we be going through. All the judgment and all the self-righteousness and the ego and shit it transcends that and that's what makes it so dope to me it's like yes yes Shania good ass idea girl hell yeah so (laughs) I'm rooting for you most deaf thank you now do you have anything that you want to add in terms of you know you want the listeners to know um just man we are all out here doing the same thing whether you are making a hundred million dollars or ten dollars, 
we all doing the same thing. One thing I've learned working with celebrities and people who are quote-unquote known, we are doing the same things. They're trying to fit in with people who are higher than them, just like we trying to fit in with this one. It's no different. And I feel like that has just made me so much more comfortable in my skin just to know. Just because that person got 1,000 bags and just, you know, all of these things, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And we all looking for the same thing. We all want to be happy. We all want to be loved. And we can do that no matter how much money we got in our pocket. I love that. I, I totally agree. I always say we all humans. We all live in, well, spirits having a human experience. And we just all trying to figure this shit out at the end of the day. So I totally feel you. Yeah. All right, Shanae. So it's been about a full year and a month or so since we've interviewed. Where are you at at this point in your life? Um, I am in a much better place than I was a year ago. Um, I've learned a lot more. Uh, I've definitely uh, tuned in more into myself and, you know, tried to find things that made me happy, things that, you know, relieved stress and anxiety. I've actually moved uh, into a a new apartment, a better apartment. Um, I went to the hospital last year. I had an incident, and from there I was finally diagnosed with a proper diagnosis and that has been a world of difference for me so I am in a much better place I'm glad to hear that Nay because I know um I remember our last conversation about your diagnosis you really disagreed with the was you disagreed with the bipolar diagnosis right yes yes okay I did I, I didn't think I was bipolar okay got it so you got a diagnosis that makes a lot more sense, so that's good too. What are some things that you decide to to practice in your life nowadays that keeps you on the up and up or keeps you centered? Um, well, for me personally, I've gone back to reading. I've always loved to read, and I've always read. I never really stopped reading, but um, I've, I'm doing it more for pleasure now and more for for learning and. That helps me escape a lot. It takes up time. What I realize for me is that I get bored, and when I get bored, I have to be constantly stimulated, and when I get bored, I get frustrated, and that leads to a lot of negative emotions. So I just try to keep myself busy. You know, I do a little working out now, and, um, you know, the yoga, the meditation, I use breathing techniques, whatever works in that moment, whatever I can do in that moment. I pray a lot. I pray all day. So I'm always, you know, talking to God in my head. So that helps a lot. I, I do a lot of different things. That's good. Now, have you changed anything else? Um, so like besides your apartment, have you changed anything in terms of like, um, like like external things like uh, social media use or unfollowing people or um, changing people in your circle or anything professional? Not taking on as many clients. Like, is there anything that's changed with respect to that? Uh yes actually everything in a way um my business I actually closed my studio um I knew I wasn't it wasn't where I wanted to go I was just doing it because I felt like it was what I was supposed to be doing and I knew I was very unhappy with it and it caused a lot of stress a lot of anxiety a lot of negative emotions that I just didn't want anymore a lot of pressure I didn't need 
So um, I closed my studio. I moved into a, a bigger, a better apartment, and now I work from home. Um, and it's been absolutely, I, I can't even put into words, it's, my anxiety has gone down drastically. I, there was a point where I was waking up every day, and about five minutes into me just opening my eyes, I would get this feeling in the pit of my stomach that was anxiety, and it would be there until I went to bed. So when I moved and, you know, downscaled everything, it, it just went away. And I still get it from time to time, but it's it's definitely less frequently. Um, social media, I realize, is a huge trigger for me. Uh, I get very caught up in what things appear to be or I'll see something, and even if I'm happy for them, I can't help but to think of my lack or, you know, anything else that may be going on in my own mental space. So I I would find myself lashing out, and I started to realize that I'd be posting certain things or saying certain things when I wasn't in a good place, or I'd be looking for, I I don't even know, maybe cry for help, like for somebody to just kind of talk to me in that moment and I would do a lot of stuff and not even realize I was doing it as well, which is a part of my diagnosis. I'm borderline personality disorder, and there isn't a lot of information on it, and a lot of people don't know, you know, the symptoms and stuff like that. So for me to know the symptoms and know what they are when they're happening has helped tremendously. Um, I disassociate a lot, which is basically I'll do things and I'm not really mentally there. It's like an out-of-body experience. So I'll do a lot of things. And I won't remember doing them. And it's it's very complicated to deal with and people not understanding that it's it's a mental thing. I, I, I do it and not really realize I'm doing it. So social media I would play out a lot. I would post things, and then the next day I'd be looking like, wow, I can't believe I did that when I was in that emotional state at that time. So I've reduced the use of that. Um, I take breaks frequently. And as far as friends, I've tried to now – be more social, talk to people more, and not be so isolated. That helps a lot to know that people, you know, everybody's trying, everybody's struggling, everybody's doing their best, and you feel less alone when you see other people. Everything is not as perfect as social media makes it seem. So when you get out into the real world, it's like, okay, I'm not this screwed up individual that can't get nothing right. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know, all of those things have kind of changed. I am so happy to hear Nays, even in your voice. It's different. I can tell you sound like you're in such a better place. So happy for you. Okay. Thank you. Girl, you're welcome. So with this whole thing with I know we discussed um some suicide attempts when we interviewed and now um suicide and, and, and being there for your friends and checking on people. Now that's a big topic with the deaths of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, which were um unfortunately both by suicide. So what are your thoughts on that? Because people are now posting and I'm not trying to knock anybody that's posting the memes at all, but it's just now everyone's saying, check on your strong friend, check on your friends, or we need to now it's it's a it's a big it's a big, big topic again. So like what do you think about about that, because people are trying to kind of say you never know what people are going through, but you've been through it in your own way. Um, I have so many mixed emotions about all of that because I don't want to knock the people who are saying, you know, saying certain things or posting the memes or, you know, whatever it is they feel like they're doing. I don't want to knock them because they feel like they're doing something. However, let's be real. Like, 
they have friends, family, who are crying out for help in their own ways, and they knock them, and they ridicule them, and they shame them. And it's like a celebrity dies. You have no idea what that person was going through. You have no idea what drove them to that point. You have no idea what was going on in their life at that time. Like, there's so many different factors when people crack under pressure, under the pressure of life. So you're sitting here idolizing a celebrity that has committed suicide, and you have no idea the details of their life, yet you know somebody that got a completely and utterly fucked up situation, and you can't even stand to be around them. It's just, for me... It bothered me because I am shamed a lot, because I speak out, and because I do, you know, have my my outcries sometimes publicly. And people talk a lot of stuff. People have called my family. You know, people have t- stopped being friends with me. So many different things because, you know, I was going through what I was going through. But then a celebrity dies, and now everybody's up in arms and care about mental health. But next week, they'll go right back to it. Not even next week. I'm giving them too much credit. In a couple hours, they'll go back to what they were doing. Damn. I, I mean, I, yeah. for me, it just it, it bothers me only because I, I know how I've been treated. And as much as, and you know what? On the flip side of that, I will say there have been people now that in the past year, have started reaching out to me. They check up on me. You know, they they ask me how I'm doing, especially if I disappear from social media. You know, they'll send me a message. So I will say that some people do take the effort, and I do believe that some people mean what they say when they post and they actually apply it to their lives. I definitely do. But the majority of people, you know, I, I really can't speak for them. I feel what you're saying because I know in this society, everything is so much shit to consume. It's like once this happens, it's going to be a couple of weeks. The details are going to come out and then it's going to be back to business. Just like the former Playboy bunny who jumped off of the building with her child a couple of weeks ago. That was a story. And it was, oh, mental health is important, important. And then nobody's talking about her anymore. You you know what I'm talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she jumped in. Um, Gosh, I can't think of her name right now. It's bothering me. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I briefly read the article. I saw, you know, and like you said, there's a bunch of people saying, and you know what, what, what can people really do? And I ask myself that a lot, like what, you know, they post what they post. Like even when tragedies happen places and they're like, pray for, you know, Guatemala, pay for Puerto Rico, what can – what can people really do? But when it comes to something like this, I don't think that people realize that they have fam- They have people that are really close to them, really close to them that are struggling, and nobody wants to deal with them because they have a bad attitude or they're difficult to deal with or they're blah, blah, blah. You don't think those celebrities, the people that was close to them, didn't feel that way about them? You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to deal with a difficult person, but some people, we have these complications, and it is what it is. But you can't idolize, in any aspect, I feel like you cannot idolize celebrities and not care about the people around you. I think that's very valid. Um, I saw a meme that says something similar to what you said. I hate to even say that I saw a meme that's not, I wouldn't have been able to say this 10 years ago. But, but yeah, I saw it, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, because I said that, I said it a few times. I'm just like, damn, like, 
it's a whole different society we're in now. But but yeah, yeah. they were like, yo, y'all talk all this mess about these celebrities and y'all out here doing heartfelt tributes and stuff like that. But at the same time, and I mean, I feel like everybody has their way to express, yeah. But the meme was like, y'all don't even check on your own friends and your own family members and your own coworkers with the issue. Y'all don't want to deal with them. So I think it's really interesting. You said the same thing because you're a person that, that's been, you know, you, you're in it. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you have your experiences where that meme is actually life. So, um, I mean, not saying that, you know, memes got credibility, but like you saying that it's like, that's, that's hella, it just makes it even more credible. You're right. You're like, yo, like y'all don't really fool with y'all people like that. So for those who are thinking that maybe, I know you said the question is what can we do? What can we do? I mean, is there a proper way to, I mean, now granted, this is going to be subjective because this is based on your lens, but how do you check in with somebody that has, you know, a diagnosis and they might have had some distance or some time and, you know, like, how do you, like, what questions do you ask? Are you feeling okay? Like, you know, like, what do you ask? Uh, that's it's very difficult. And I feel like it's a very difficult situation for the person that is suffering through, you know, whatever it is they're going through and the person, the loved one. And I feel like that's why they also have, you know, they have books for loved ones, for people with bipolar or, you know, things like that to help the loved ones, you know, try. I think the main thing is to show that you care. Like, I have friends, no one really knows what to say to me. They don't, you know, they don't know what to ask me or even when to approach me or how to approach me. But some people are just like, hey, we're checking in on you. I'm good. You know, and, uh, you know, if I want to speak, I continue. But just a message, you say, hey, how are you? And just know that somebody's thinking about me. You know what I mean? Somebody actually cares. Somebody wants to know that I'm doing all right. Because a lot of us, when we get into that dark place, sometimes you have your family, you know people love you, but it's like who really, like they're there and they're supposed, they kind of, you start to think like they're supposed to love me. You know what I mean? Who loves me because they want to love me? Who wants to be around me because they want to be around me? Who cares because they want to? And I think a lot of us lack feeling like people want to care or people want to to be there. But then I think it's also difficult for the people who want to be there because they don't know how. And when they try, sometimes we're not respected, um, receptive depending on our state of mind. So it's kind of like a ticking time bomb. So for me, that's something that I still haven't reconciled in my own head on the how and what you, what you should do. But to start, I mean, a simple text message, a Facebook message, a DM, hey, how are you? You are on my mind. Something simple as that, I feel like, is a small step. You can't ask too much of people. So I feel like something little like that, it can start somewhere so that the person knows you care, you're there. That's some good, solid um, sound advice. I used to always wonder, like, if I didn't do enough, it was almost like, well, damn, am I... Is this enough? But it sounds to me like sometimes for some people, it's just a simple, you know, show of love. Like, hey, I thought about you. Hope you were all right. Hope you're doing well. Or, you know, just at least saying, hey, the door is open if you want to, you know, come through and chat for a little bit. Right, Okay. Okay. So for those who are um, having a hard time and they are feeling like they may want to give up or maybe suicidal from your, you know, I feel like advice is different. Sometimes you really don't listen to nobody until it's somebody who kind of has been what you've been through. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you have for those people who may feel like giving up? 
it's a little hard because I've been there. <sighs> you can't hear much when you're there. You can't you can't hear, you can't feel. You're just it, you're shut off to the world. So for me, I would say just try again another day. Just prolong it. Keep prolonging it. And the mood lifts at some point. And even if it doesn't lift, the more you just keep trying, keep swimming, keep going. Like that was something I used to always tell myself. And it's silly. It's from Finding Nemo. But I would just always say keep swimming, keep swimming. Because it's like as long as you keep moving, things have to change. Nothing can stay the same. As long as you keep going. That's the that's the law of the universe. That is the law of science, physics, everything, momentum. So I just feel like as long as you keep going, finding things that you like, finding things that you want to do, and I, I feel like self care is it's so overrated at this moment in the aspect of marketing and and all of that consumerism bullcrap. However, I feel like it's underrated when you really think about it. Like. I don't say yes to anything I don't want to go to anymore. I don't I don't force myself into situations I don't want to be in because I feel like I'm supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be this, this kind of friend. I'm supposed to be this kind of daughter, you know, whatever it's supposed to be. Right now, all I care is that I can get through this day and tomorrow try again. So I feel like you need to, in a sense, be selfish and be okay with being selfish because guess what? I got to get, I got to get to tomorrow. I don't know what you're doing in, in your life, but I, I have to get to tomorrow, so I got to maintain what I got to maintain over here. So if you're not okay with that, then I'm sorry because I got to live with me for the rest of my life and I got to continue on. So I'm not going to give up because I'm going to crack under the pressures of what I'm supposed to be or continue to stretch myself thinner than I need to be because of other people. So I think putting yourself first, literally, and I'm not just saying go get facials and massages and, and whatever the case may be, not to say that that's not a good thing, but I think prioritizing you, learning to say no, being able to know when you're doing too much, when you need to, you know, take care of yourself. I like that. And you're right. I mean, what's the, what good is the exterior if the interior is not right or if the spirit is not exactly. right? Exactly. Yes. Now, Nay, is there anything else that you want to look over here? Look, Shania, is there anything else <laughs> that you want us to to know about your journey or any updates? Um, right now I'm still figuring out my journey. I have a couple of leads on what I want to do, but nothing, nothing that I want to notify anybody. Everything is still the same. Um, but I do plan on, you know, in the future, sometime writing books, talking, you know, doing you know, public talks and, you know, advocating. I'm going back to school to finish up, you know, learning about psychology and, and different things so that way I can be properly educated on helping in the areas that I want to help. But that's about it. Is this your first interview on mental health? No, I did a public one one time, but I'm very, 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 very bad at public speaking as far as my nerves. I mean, I, I almost passed out. It's so bad. Like, I get really bad. So I haven't done another one. It's been about two, two or three years since I've done it. But um, I do plan to do more. This is my first podcast about it. Yes, the first one. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, so we already, I mean, because I remember from the very beginning, you were like, you know, I'm a mental health advocate. And you were saying that even back on, you know, back on back in the old days, you feel me? Like before right. all of this. So I'm just kind of like, it, it's really dope to see the transition. So I know you're going to be just fine, Nate. All you got to do is get that public speaking down. And girl, as much as I talk, I be low-key, like, going through the same thing. And I always get caught on first. <laughs> like, Maria, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Talking to a mic and talking to a person is, you know, and talking in front of a, a damn group of people is two totally different things. So I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying, but I know that you're going to be just fine with this because this is something that I know you're passionate about and you're so open to um, to talking about it. And I think we need more of that. We need more openness and transparency when it comes to that. So I hope. I, I think we need more homegirls talking about all of this stuff because, if you can't hear it from your own perspective, how can you really hear it? So, you know, listening to something like this with me and you talking, listening to you and your podcast, and like you said, spiritual lifestyle from a homegirl perspective, that's just so relatable. And it's so, you know, it's something that people can take and be like, you know what, I feel her. I understand that. I understand her lingo. I understand what she's saying. I think it's important that, that black women speak. I love that. That's dope. That's I appreciate that. And I'm really glad. And honestly, that's why I do the podcast. And that's why I specifically asked you to uh, to tell me your story. Because I'm like, all right, I fool with Nay. You know, Nay hella cool. I'm like, is Nay going to be open to it? Because at the end of the day, like, I'm the same way. I can't get something unless it's in it. I know people will say, oh, we should try to expand. But it, sometimes it, it's not, it don't work that easily. I have to be able to relate and connect with whoever it is. And then be like, all right, now what are you talking about? Okay, right. this actually might make sense. So I appreciate that. That's that's exactly why I wanted to do this podcast because I didn't really see it. I'm not saying I'm just this hella innovator, but I was like, I don't really, I'm not connecting with something. Like, it, it's cool, but it don't resonate, resonate. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate that, Nay. No problem. Oh, are you still doing the um, My Needs Are Met shirt? I am still doing them. Um, right now, I only have uh, larges and extra larges, but I've kind of, I haven't been promoting them that much because I haven't been on social media much, but they are definitely still ongoing if orders are being placed. Well, I feel like this, if people wear a large or extra large, they can just, if they don't fit a large or extra large, they could just really cut that up and make it a crop at the end of the right. day. Because um, I like mine. I still wear mine. I wore mine. The last time I wore it public, well, I wore it publicly last week, but I wore it for my um, interview with Rome. And he was like, nice shirt. I said, I know. <laughs> Thank <laughs> nice. you. My needs has met you, feel me? So, so yeah. All right. So, for those who want to get a shirt like my needs are met, where can they find it? It's at MissHansfordInc.com. That's M-I-S-S-H-A-N-S-F-O-R-D-I-N-C.com. Yay. Now, is there anything else before we go? No. That is pretty much it. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate you being interested in my perspective, and I appreciate your podcast. Thank you, Nay. Thank you so much for your friendship, and thanks for sharing, because honestly, I mean, this perspective is so important to me, and I'm really happy that you were brave enough and open enough to even share with me, period. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really appreciate you, seriously. Thank you, love. And that was this week's episode with my girl, Shanae Hansford. I really hope you guys got something out of 
her story as well as, you know, her update, we can never, you know, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm, I'm kind of pausing my words because I'm learning on um, or learning how to reframe certain phrases that that come off um, insensitive or, or ignorant or uneducated. Like, for instance, attempting suicide. No, it's a figure of speech in our society or committing suicide. Um, I actually saw a video um, when it comes to mental health saying that when you say committing suicide, it's almost as if they committed a crime. It's a negative connotation. So I was like, you know what? I can I can myself work on reframing and wording certain things correctly because, I mean, I'm in the process of doing that now when I don't like to say trying anymore. Like if I say trying and my friends hear it or my loved ones hear it, they check me. They're like, nope, remember? Because the way I look at it, you either doing it or you not. There is no trying. So um, at least for me. And, I mean, everybody has a different view on the word trying, but – for me, I look at trying as a cop out not to do your best because I've done that before. I've I've tried, but didn't really give it my best. So I said, you know what? I'm going to take that word out of my damn vocabulary. So we done with that. But, um, man, it has <laughs> life is busy. I am in the process of relaunching my entire merchandise line all over again. And I'm really excited because I have some different things I want to present to you all. And that's coming very soon. By the time this episode goes live, I should have some things up. I'll include the link to the show notes so you can see what I've been working on. That's only the beginning. Also, I'm going to do an online pop-up shop very soon. And I would like to invite you guys to sign up for the mailing list so that when you guys uh, or when I get ready to go ahead and launch it, you'll be the first to know. I know sometimes people hit me and they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know you had this event going on or I didn't know you had a meetup going on or I didn't know you was coming to L.A., which I'm coming to L.A. next week. Holla at me. But I'm like, you know, sign up for the mailing list so you're not stuck, you know, out, you know, a day after. Because Instagram, sometimes people won't see my stuff for like four days. And they say, you know, the whole thing done passed and they see it three days later and they're like, wait, I missed it. So make sure you sign up for the mailing list at spiritualhomegirl.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube at Spiritual Home Girl. And um, speaking of Los Angeles, I will be out there and there will be an official homegirl meetup at Stuff I Eat, which is at, uh, let me think, Inglewood. It's in Inglewood. I was going to say the wrong city. 114 North Market Street in Inglewood, California on Sunday, June 24, 2018 at 2 p.m. I will be there stuffing my face with vegan food. So if you want to try some vegan food, fall through episode 50 guest Chef Babette. If you remember her episode, she's the owner um, of Stuff I Eat. So I was like, I, I can't not come to L.A. and not visit Stuff I Eat. Like, that's just wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, Chef Babette is, I respect her so much. And any opportunity I have to support her business, I definitely will. Matter of fact, I just got her cookbook in the mail yesterday. Um, cash in on cash shoes, which was basically 50 recipes made out of one cashew nut. All plant-based, all tasty. So I'm excited to um, dive into that book. I know my dad loves sweets, so I'll be happy to um, experiment with some recipes for him. And what else is going on? Oh, yeah. So this online pop-up shop is going to be um, aromatherapy blends as well. Um, A lot of people have been asking me about my aromatherapy studies I guess and um no shade to doTERRA doTERRA how you pronounce it no shade no shade but the type of stuff I studied was not typical 
doTERRA stuff it was not a catalog to go through it wasn't no scripts it wasn't nothing it was really like look yeah it's got a textbook here's five to seven other textbooks every day I was getting five to seven textbooks to write down to like continue like reading and educating myself for my teacher so you know she's been in aromatherapy I mean studying it I think in South Africa starting in South Africa and then studying Europe if I remember correctly that was over 30 years ago so Miss Roz, shout out to Roz at the Hill Center Atlanta. She is definitely with the shits when it comes to aromatherapy and getting it done right. So that that course was, it was hardcore, but I'm really proud of the original blends that myself and my classmates all came up with. And we even made blends for each other in class. It was so much fun. And then one of my classmates, he had a dog named Lizzie, and Lizzie has separation anxiety. And we would test our blends on Lizzie sometimes so if we made a blend and we all liked it we would kind of let her sniff and if she kind of hung around for a little bit or sat down or laid down next to us that meant that she liked it and if she didn't you know she'll give you a little courtesy sniff and then walk away so <laughs> so um yeah I really miss that like aromatherapy is so fun y'all just all like the scents and just the vibes and when you start finding out what the oils are like the qualities of them and what they've been associated with and the historical relevance of them like frankincense and myrrh and it's just so dope like frankincense or frankie as one of my classmates calls it you know that's a a a heavy like spiritual body oil when it comes to like meditation and praying just connecting to the to the universe to everything to the higher powers to the higher self and that's so dope like it's just so amazing all these tools we have in order to empower ourselves and enrich our lives it's so dope I'm I'm like I'm really excited so I can't wait to share these blends with you all but again if you want to be the first to know about that online pop-up shop when it goes live definitely hit me up um at spiritualhomegirls.com and sign up for the mailing list so yeah that is pretty much it I do not want to make this episode super long with my outro so um y'all know how to find me la i'll see y'all next sunday atlanta i will be here again for the next uh, few months or so but definitely fool with me y'all know how to find me online and off so with that being said this has been another episode of the spiritual homegirl my name is maria and remember trust the journey and trust yourself and give gratitude and don't be scared to try new things and love on those who show love to you peace